This is Jason Stewart Percy, and you're listening to episode three of The Chaff in the Wheat. We're picking up our read through the book of Romans in Romans chapter five. We'll read Romans five, six, seven, and eight in this episode. Um, then we'll pick up uh, in chapter nine in the next episode. Uh, Romans chapter five says this, therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations and troubles, knowing that trouble, tribulation, produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time the Messiah died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift isn't like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God. And the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Messiah, abounded to many. And the gift isn't like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus the Messiah. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus the Messiah, our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into the Messiah Jesus were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as the Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with the Messiah, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that the Messiah, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in the Messiah Jesus, our Lord. Therefore, Don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness." I speak in in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in the Messiah Jesus our Lord. Or or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if, he, if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of the Messiah, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members, in our bodies, to bear fruit to death. But now, We have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? 
Certainly not. On the contrary, I, I wouldn't have known sin except through the law, for I wouldn't have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died, and the commandment which was to bring life... I found to bring death, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I don't understand. For what I will to do, what I want to do, that I don't practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then, I do what I will not to do, what I don't want to do. I agree with the law that it's good, but now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will or to want is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I don't find. For the good that I I want to do, the good that I will to do, I don't do. But the evil I will not to do, the evil I don't want to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good, the one who wants to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in the Messiah Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the the law of the Spirit of life in our Messiah Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For with the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit." For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone doesn't have the spirit of the Messiah, 
He is not his. And if the Messiah is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised the Messiah from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with the Messiah, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen isn't hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we don't see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can't be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, Whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who who didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is the Messiah who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of the Messiah? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet 
in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in the Messiah Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. It is the Lord Jesus who blesses you and keeps you. It's the Lord Jesus who makes his face shine on you and is gracious with you. And it's the Lord Jesus who lifts up his countenance on you to give you peace, you guys. We'll pick up in chapter 9 next time.